Welcome to KC Corner, episode 149. Holy Week has passed us. You still have grandkids running around the house. It's been, it's been a good week. It's been a great week, you know. <laughs> Christ the Lord is risen. Uh, we have life, and I have grandkids going crazy around the house. <laughs> nothing so better. Nothing no, better. No, it's so true. It's it's awesome. How well, about you? How are you doing? Doing great. I was I was over at dinner at your house a couple nights ago, yeah. and we are all around the table, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of everyone's eye, we see uh, Zuzu and Ford like sneaking out of their bedroom. They're supposed to be asleep, but they kind of <laughs> ran around the corner and started playing, and they, they thought they were sneaky, but they were not. They were not sneaky, but I think they got a lot of pops in them. Uh, parties going on, and they're not invited. They want <laughs> find it out you know oh, yeah. a lot of oh, people yeah. so let me go sneak out it was the, hilarious the just two like devious twins just getting into trouble together you know well what I love is that you know when they put their head down and they, they, they so they can't see they don't think that we could see them you mm-hmm. know Ford comes and does like the yeah they don't understand that part yeah the G. they're still I learning <laughs> Exactly. It, it was crazy. very funny, though. It was it very was. funny. And then Polly, obviously, being adorable. Oh, God. <laughs> and they're, Miley. They're, ama- they're amazing. So thank you for Amy and you joining us. That oh, was yeah. Awesome. No problem. No problem. Crazy. Well, we have a lot to cover today. We, we, finished, up, we finished up three books the, the, uh, this time around. So we're, we're going through, I think it was six days, the last six days of March. So we okay. finished up Matthew. We finished up Romans and we finished up Deuteronomy. And three amazing books. In, in a lot of ways, Brooks, I feel like we're trying to jam a lot into this podcast. I think yes. every week we feel like, okay, what do we hit? And uh, we pray that God will give us the highlights. So you ready to jump in? <laughs> we're doing the impossible, but I'm ready to jump in. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I love it. So, hey, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, okay, so first of all, we finished up Matthew. Mm-hmm. We finished up Matthew 27 and 28. And obviously it's the end of the story. And so we pick up the scene where Jesus is before Pilate. Interesting is I love the fact that all four gospels will give us more of the exchange. Like, you know, in John, he's asking Jesus, what is truth? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but here he's getting to that tradition saying, Hey, you usually release somebody, you know, let's release Jesus. You mm-hmm. want me to let you to have Jesus? No, give us a murderer. <laughs> give us a bad, bad na- man named Barabbas and we'll choose him instead of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, how sad. You how know? sad. How And just how crazy of a scene that would be of, uh, you know, pick any uh, murderer that you've seen recently or anything like that on TV. Like, oh, let's let's choose him instead. Yeah. Like, give free him instead of Jesus. Instead of the one who says, love your enemies, <laughs> and the one who is just amazing healer and speaker and God in flesh. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, obviously, we would choose without God's grace. We just, our chooser is so broken because of sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, how, how sad. So... Uh, Pilate delivers Jesus over to be mocked and crucified, and um, you know it's uh, it's horrific of what he had to endure. Mm-hmm. And how and how, how Pilate did it to washing his hands and saying, "I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves." Like you guys chose this. Like this yeah. this has nothing to do with me. Like you guys chose this completely. It's on you. And it's and the people saying, "Hey, his blood is on us," mm-hmm. and, and like they were so callous to the fact of, "Yeah, yeah, we'll own this." Mm-hmm. You know, his his blood is on us, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we'll we'll take him down and. Oh gosh, it's it's not good. Mm-hmm, not good at all. Yeah, I, I could be wrong with this, but I felt like the uh, like Matthew twenty seven and twenty eight uh, crucifixion resurrection. It felt shorter and not as much detail as the other gospels. I could be wrong with that, but that's kind of what it felt like. At least at the end, too, after like the resurrection of the people he appears to, I felt like other Bible or other uh, gospels gave more information. Well, you know, it, I, I think that you're right. I think the Gospel of John talks about that Peter. Uh, 
and John ran to the tomb, and there's like a foot race, and mm-hmm. there's more there. Then there's the, the reinstation of uh, Peter being reinstalled, and uh, Mark is usually the shortest. Mark, mm-hmm. Mark only has 16 chapters, so usually the brevity is Mark. Uh, and Luke tells us that Road to Emmaus story. So I think you're right. I think that there was a, a little bit less detail, but I love that during the resurrection morning, um, you know, not all of the accounts tell us uh, exactly who's there in one account. We have to kind of put it together of mm-hmm. who's there and how they went. But I love that the question that was asked, I think it was the angel of the Lord, say, hey, what? why do you look for the dead among the living? I mm-hmm. mean, he, he has risen just as he said, thank you, thank you, Lord. And But what we do have is Jesus is going to appear to his disciples up in Galilee, like he says, and then he's going to... Matthew ends with this great commission. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like what we are to do is to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and that triune God. And and I love the fact that he reminds us, of, hey, by the way, I'm going to ascend, but I will be with you in spirit uh, even to the end of the age. He'll always be with us. Mm-hmm. And through this year, we'll get four different perspectives of the same story through the Gospels. And I know on your Maundy Thursday um, sermon for the seven last words uh, that, that Jesus said from the cross, you pulled from all the different books. And yeah. like you said, there's not just one continuous account from one of the books. You kind of have to piece it together through the four different perspectives. And it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, just, it's like a collage that, you know, you put all these pictures together and it makes the most beautiful of the picture so you know so the end of the story where, where Matthew it's going to come to a conclusion of hey he was crucified for our sins he was resurrected and brings life and now he gives us a commission to go and that now because of that reality we live our lives telling others and make disciples the good news we got to tell people the amen. good news amen brother <laughs> it's go show and tell it's good is it Romans time Romans time let's do it Romans 13 through 16 is where we were wrapping up that book as well deep waters with Romans yes we love it we've learned a lot with Romans Romans gives us amazing theology uh, uh, you know amazing gospel truth but it starts off with 13 which is a bit of a how do I say it not scandalous but um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, I'm, I'm, controversial. I'm, there you go. There, there you go. go. Man, I don't know why that was a hard one. <laughs> I was failing you right no, there. No, no, you weren't failing me. I was giving <laughs> you nothing. But it's a little bit controversial because Scripture is going to say, hey, by the way, submit to authority. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times with religious people, they love to rebel against authority. And mm-hmm. here you have in the Bible saying, no, no, no. <laughs> if you don't obey authority, it's basically you're not obeying God because he's established all authority. Mm-hmm. Now, that too does two beautiful things. One, it shows his sovereignty and his providence over all things. But then you can also scratch your hat and say, head and say, yeah, that's weird because a lot of authority is so godless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how did he, if he's sovereign, set that up? And there is a mystery. I mean, how did Hitler come to power under God's watch? You know, I mean, how did... Uh, you know, all, all of the bad men and women over time, um, you know, come to power. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when we have to submit ourselves to authority, well, obviously, if it's so godless authority, if they're telling us to murder our babies or whatever, obviously, we obey God. But yeah, it's interesting. Submit to authority. Yeah. And the little excerpt here in my Bible, it says, it is the task of the church to preach the gospel, administer the sacraments, nurture the souls of its members. Um, these are not the tasks of the state. It is the state's responsibility to order society, raise taxes, govern business and society, maintain a standing army, protect life and property. These are not the tasks of the church. The state is given the power of the sword. The church is not. Yeah, I love that. So 
the uh, the authority given to the government, uh, the, that authority is of that sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church is more of a spiritual authority. That's that's ours. And you know how smart that our forefathers would say, let's have a separation of church and state here. Seeing a little bit of that, mm-hmm. and that's certainly been abused over the years, but. Yeah, I mean, I love that. It wouldn't be scary if the church had the authority to throw people in jail. I mean, it'd be like, oh man, you forgot to tithe today. You're going to jail. The, the state is just supposed to maintain order, make sure yes. it's it's not chaos around the nation. That's a big thing with God. He, mm-hmm. he, uh, he always, from the very beginning, wanted to eliminate chaos. And even the laws, we looked at the, the purpose of the laws, the, the, the four purpose of laws, I think, last time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one is it to, to maintain order. And it's uh, um, that's why it should be there. But just think of how the order is just flown out the window. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. And then we crazy. can, and on to 14, kind of talking about do not pass judgment on one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, accept the weak, you know, and I think when they don't pass judgment, it was basically, some people are going to say that certain days are more important and some people are going to say that certain foods shouldn't be eaten. And you, you might have different views on people that are things, these aren't essentials. These are distinctives. And so, you know, accept the weak, he says. Don't pass judgment. You know, if someone does something a little different than you, you know, give give grace. And I, I love that. And what also would hit me with 14 is don't be a stumbling block to somebody. What he's saying there is, you know, if somebody has a hard time with eating meat, they don't feel like if it's eat, a meat that was offered to an idol or whatever, they, we can't eat that, you know, and you feel like you have the freedom to do it. Um, don't be a stumbling block. For me personally, I know a lot of uh, Christians don't like alcohol as far as they won't have any of it, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, you know, it's a bad, if you're a Christian, you won't drink alcohol. And if I'm with somebody who has struggles or someone who struggles with alcohol, I don't want to be a stumbling block for them. So even though I feel a freedom to have a cold beer or whatever, a taste of wine, um, I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want my freedom to be something that hurts somebody else. I want to love my neighbor more than my freedom to have a drink. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I want to give something up for somebody else, not to prove that I can do it. I mean, like I can have it, but to love them. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Paul is really trying to say is, you know, accept and embrace the, the weak or, or those who are different and don't be a knucklehead. Yeah, I love the way 14 opens up. It says, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Yeah. So there's going to be a difference of opinion in all these things. You know, and I thought about our, uh, even um, our Seventh-day Adventist brothers and friends that we rent from. I mean, they're convinced that the Sabbath is a Saturday and we're convinced that Easter changed it all to a Sunday and mm-hmm. almost all the rest of Christendom uh, worships on a Sunday, but they're convinced of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's not just argue over it and mm-hmm. uh, let's go on. Yeah. So. I, f- I feel like we've mentioned that the last couple of weeks too, of just, there's, there's ancillary things that, uh, you know, you got to believe in the core of the gospel and that Amen. is the main part. And there's uh, a million arguments you could get into yeah. with, with end times or Sabbath day or any of that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Keep the essentials essential. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the other things and uh, show charity and love. So that, that's, that's good, Brooks. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then 15 starts off again. I think with that same kind of thinking of just look out for your neighbor. I mean, mm-hmm. be a good neighbor, but I love it. And it says in verse four that, Hey, whatever was written in former days was written to teach us. And I I love that because it's basically saying, don't give up on the Old Testament. Don't give up on some of the things that seem further back. I mean, that 
that was all written for us too. It's one story that God has, and all of that story has purpose for us. Mm -hmm. It goes on to say, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another and in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may be with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, there's harmony, unity, mm -hmm. worship, beauty. That's a, that's a great verse. What verse What was that? That was, uh, that was 5 and 6, and then wrapping up 7 is good too. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Man, how does he welcome us with open arms? It's so beautiful. And I love the benediction at the end of 15 as, as well. You know, it just reminds us of, of the hope that we have in Christ and the joy. Did you have it there in front of you, that benediction at the uh, end of, it's, I think it's 13, 15, 13. Uh, 15, it, 13. It, it, oh, yeah, yeah. May, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Abound in hope. Mm -hmm. Let's just sit on that for a second. Abound in hope. I mean, what a way to live. Mm -hmm. You know, with Christ Jesus, may we abound in hope. I mean, because a lot of this world is hopeless. And it'd be hopeless without Christ, but we can abound in hope, which is awesome. Yeah, it mentions kind of the, that word hope a few times in this chapter, the God of hope and uh, abound in hope of that. That's the hope that we have. And we, and without it, we have nothing. Amen to that, Brooksy boy. So 16, at the beginning of 16, 16 is going to be a great sign-off. He's going to mention a bunch of people's names. Mm -hmm. He's going to kind of say goodbye. He's A bunch of shout-outs. Yeah, a bunch of shout-outs, <laughs> you know. I mean, people, hey, I got my name in there. Um but it starts off with Phoebe uh, in the in kind of toward the beginning, and you mm -hmm. know she's a she is a servant, so she's called a deaconess, which is interesting. Is is she because she's Phoebe, a female? Is that Greek there saying that she's a female servant of the Lord, or is it saying that she has the office of deacon? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I would say that 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 is a, an interesting thing to wrestle with. But you know, as King Chapel, we have deaconesses. Uh, feel like that God's call for an elder to be a male was pretty clear. But with the deacons here, you have uh, an example of one called a deaconess that's a female. So that's a little bit in the inside stuff. But anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and after all those shout outs, he kind of wraps it up too of, I appeal to you brothers to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. So just what we were talking about of those people that do like to stir up controversy yeah. and get in arguments and say that you're wrong and that you're not a Christian, you know, they to just avoid that completely. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, and I love that avoiding it. You kind of summarize that up by saying, hey, listen, be wise about what is good and be innocent about what is evil. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, as an older person, you always feel like you're outside. Like, how, how does that work? You know, uh, someone mentioned again, well, on Twitter, this and that. I'm like, I'm hardly ever on Twitter. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, sometimes you feel like you're out of a conversation or you don't understand an inside joke or you don't know. I mean, I, I remember uh, I remember one time hearing when I was a youth pastor about some sites that were uh, uh, apparently porn. And it was like, hey, that that name. And I, I didn't know the name. And so this is kind of weird because it sounds like I'm self-serving this one. But. You know, when you don't know something that other people know that is evil, that's a good thing. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're innocent about, you know, where to browse, if you're innocent um, on, on certain things, uh, be wise uh, about what is good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, be innocent as much as we can, you know. So, mm -hmm. 
And he anyway. says, by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive and think back even to Genesis with the serpent of like, oh, you'll, you, you, that's not what he means. Like, you yeah, won't actually really die. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's, it's by smooth talk. It's yeah. not necessarily by force or you have to do this. It's just, uh, it's more by flattery. Yeah, it's so true. Or, or by <laughs> glitz and glamour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. That, that wraps great. up Romans. Romans. Was, was fantastic. Chugging along in the New Testament. Yeah, it's, it's, that's phenomenal stuff. And then right. bouncing back to Psalms, Psalm 67 through 71 is what we had this week. Yeah, you know, in 67, another great psalm of kind of let the, let the nations be glad. But it's, 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 uh, it's uh, Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and make his face shine upon us that mm-hmm. his ways may be known. I mm-hmm. mean, God bless us to be a blessing. And then and then it's going to go on to say, you know, let the nations be glad. I mean, mm-hmm. this this gospel is for all nations. By the way, John Piper, I know we're going to be reading one of his books, Desiring God, coming up. But, you know, he wrote a book called Let the Nations Be Glad. And mm-hmm. it was uh, it was all about missions. And by the way, it's really cool. He says that worship is the fuel, the fuel and the goal of missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, missions exist because worship doesn't. Now, now everyone's going to worship in God's image, but the true worship of who God is, triune God in Christ Jesus, we are to go so other people can have the joy of worshiping him. So this is Psalm 67. God bless us. Let your face shine upon us that your ways may be known so that other people would know you. Bless us so that more people love you. What, what a great picture. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Yeah, amen. Every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. It's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then 68, I love how it starts. You know, you, God, are a father to the fatherless and a, a defender of widows is God in this holy habitation. And when I think about that, Brooks, I think in God's most intimate place, in his holy habitation, what is he? He's a father of the fatherless and he's a defender of widows. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's somebody who cares about those who are vulnerable, those who are in need, those who need defending, oh, I love that about our God. Mm-hmm. And right there in the beginning, it goes, As wax melts before fire, so the wicked shall perish before God. But mm-hmm. the righteous shall be glad. They shall exult before God. They shall be jubilant with joy. Uh, I love it. <laughs> and, then, and then 18 uh, is where he says, When you ascended on high, you took captives in your train. So the picture a king, a king coming back to town. In victory, he's ascending on high, he wins, he takes captives in his train, and he receives gifts. People give him alms, he give, give him gifts, I should say, uh, of, of his victory. Um, and then in Ephesians 4, 8, Paul mm-hmm. uses that, quotes it, but says, in Jesus, this one who has ascended on high, who took captives, and by the way, you and I and those in Christ are all captives in his train, but we are, that's blessed, we're adopted in. But he gives us gifts. Mm-hmm. And so our king is so benevolent that he gives us gifts, specifically the gifts he's talking about, his spiritual gifts to help build up the church. But it's it's really cool. Yeah, and the little note I have here, Paul writes, gave gifts in a, prof- in a procession of triumph. The victor would receive and distribute gifts. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. So um, a God who saves, it says there. But then 69, again, it's, it's, it's a crying out. You know, I'm sinking into deep waters. Again, again, the waters uh, mentioned a lot in Psalms of chaos and floods and drowning and and just representing that of like helplessness. Helplessness, chaos, everything out of order, you know, and it's a crying out. You know, I sink into the deep waters where there is no foothold, you Mm -hmm. know, Uh, you know, the 
the waters have gone over my head and just crying out, you know, to God. I'm weary of crying out. But, you know, the great thing is, is no matter what deep waters we find ourselves in, no matter if we feel like there's no foothold. I mean, that's a vivid picture. I'm mm-hmm. sinking into the deep waters in the mire. For the waters have come up to my neck. I sink yeah. in deep mire where there is no, no foothold. foothold. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, man. I the mean, flood sweeps over me. Oof. I am weary with my crying out. Yeah. Just like that last like gasp, like you you've been treading water for so long that it swept you under. Mm. And I think in life we can feel that way sometimes. We mm-hmm. just how long can we tread water? Mm-hmm. And then seventy will say, "Come quickly to save me." I mean, that's just right, <laughs> right there, you know. And because there are those who desire to take our life, mm-hmm. just to come now because I'm drowning. <laughs> it's, 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 um, I need your help so so much. So. Uh, um, and yeah, I think I know we're flying through this a little bit, but unless you have anything else, seventy-one. Nope you know, reminds us that we'll always have hope. I mean, uh, with, we talked about hope in Romans, and here we see hope again. And uh, I think it's verse 17, we'll always have hope. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and even in verse 6 there, Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's with us from the beginning to the end. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Lots of psalms. Yeah. Lots of psalms right psalms there. Psalms are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They're and so we, good. We had a big, big chunk of Deuteronomy <laughs> and another another book that we wrapped up this week, too. A great 18 book. through 34. I mean, second giving the law, Deuteronomy. I mean, kind of summing, uh, summarizing Moses. Moses is going to pass away at the end of this book, the first five books of the Bible, Moses. So it's off with 18. And the 18, by the way, it's kind of interesting with Moses. There's a promise in chapter 18 of a prophet who will come like Moses, that mm-hmm. God will raise one up. And who do you think that is, Brooks? I'm going to guess that is Jesus. That is J-E-S-U-S, <laughs> you know, and he's even a greater prophet than Moses because Moses spoke for God. Jesus spoke as God and uh, Moses spoke face to face to God. Uh, Jesus has the face of God. And so <laughs> it's just a uh, Amazing. And right before that, he says that there's going to be sorcerers or interpreters and people who tell fortunes that in this new land that they're going to. And he says, don't listen to them. Yeah. There, there will be one that you know yeah. uh, that, that, that will be among you. But, you know, that's good to know. There's a lot of voices that are telling us what to do. we got to make sure we listen to the right ones. Mm-hmm. And, and it's I, interesting how they really wanted to try to have that peace we talked about in the, in the promised land, not chaos. And so, hey, let's have cities of refuge. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems to be a real important thing. It comes up several times. Verse 19, if somebody has committed manslaughter, they didn't mean that their axe head flew off and nailed their neighbor, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Uh, then uh, the, there's a, there was a provision made to make sure that the Avenger of Blood, uh, I always think of that where the Avengers came from, um, wouldn't be able to take someone's life. I mean, so God, life is precious to God. And uh, I know I was looking for that verse where it gives the example of like what manslaughter would be in that day. You kind of mentioned it of if you're using an axe and you yeah. swing it and the head of it flies yeah, off yeah, and yeah, kills yeah, your neighbor. Yeah, like, yeah. That's that's the example that they give. The, the, there is a couple of them there. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know if it's, the tree fell on somebody, yeah. but they're just kind of, uh, there, are, there are definitely things that happen. So, <laughs> And then it's interesting to me that in, in chapter 20 really quickly is that it's, it's this, tells God's people, hey, listen, for the for your neighbors around you, now this is not those in the promised land. There were specific rules. Drive out everything that's in the promised land. This is to be holy. You know, burn the Asherah poles. I mean, make sure you grind to dust anything that they worship. Wipe them out. But for the people around you, your neighbors, sue for peace. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just take them out. Before war, sue for peace. 
And by the way, don't cut down the fruit trees. Don't cut down that which is going to provide people sustenance. And uh, it's so practical. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. um, Absolutely. You know, 21 talks about the firstborn getting rights. And there was a reason why. That's that's the name being passed down into the land. And, you know, that firstborn did. And you are the first and only born. So Mm -hmm. you have all the rights, bro. Oh, yeah. All the rights. You are are the man. (laughs) And so... uh, uh, and, and, and I'm jumping in. I'm sorry. Oh, go for it. No, and I don't. So, I'm good. So 22 is, uh, you know, be a good neighbor. And it's interesting. Don't wear women's clothes. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's where Says we are. explicitly in there. Yeah. <laughs> a man should not wear women's clothes. And here we are. We live in a time where there's some kind of drag queen storybook time that they want to have in, in, in elementary schools. And you're thinking, how far did we come? I mean, mm-hmm. the Bible says... Hey, and, and he says some weird things in there, like you shouldn't plant two seeds together and mm-hmm. you, you may, may, be careful about weaving two different kind of fabrics together. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. Yeah. I think he's basically saying there should be purity in the land and, mm-hmm. we, you know, we shouldn't have all this hybrid stuff. But uh, and then there's some interesting laws about how virgins are to be treated. Mm-hmm. And you look at that and you scratch your head, but uh, you got to see in this. God always looks out for the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, and an unmarried woman is vulnerable. And if she's defiled, then it really has ramifications about her future. And she needs to be provided for. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it sounds so bizarre to us, like, like, like you, know, you know, some of those laws. But please see God's heart of saying, these are the vulnerable in society. They got to have a place. They have to have a voice goes back to what we said in Psalm 68, a father of the followers, a defender of widows, uh, you know, one who's going to speak for those who have uh, the greatest needs. Yeah, there's, I mean, throughout the whole Bible, there's way more talking about um, protecting the needy or the poor, or the weak, like you're saying, and very little, if any, uh, saying like how much respect or honor or glory a king or if yeah, someone yeah. in position of power should get. Yeah, if you have power, you use it to help others. It's so true. Hey, 24, you should love. It talks about newly married men. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. They should have a year off of war. You know, they should mm-hmm. be making sure that they honor their wife and do don't, all Don't things. have to work. They can just chill for a year. Just chill, man. <laughs> just, just stay down in the, the keys on the boat. That'd be nice. That would can be very nice. Can you imagine you and Amy for a year down there? <laughs> yeah, when a, when a man is newly married, he shall not go out with the army or be liable for any other public duty. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that sentence. Isn't right that awesome? <laughs> Why do you think that is? What do you think he's trying to do? Um, I don't know. He shall be free at home one year to be happy with his wife whom he has taken. So That's pretty cool. That huh? is pretty cool. Well, you know what the biggest thing is, is? Is you want to make sure you have an heir. Mm-hmm. You know, before you go get killed and you can't have an heir, mm-hmm. spend, a, spend a year working that out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, yeah. Need, need someone to carry on the name. Exactly. <laughs> uh, which is cool. And then in 2015, Five, I believe, is going to talk about when you, you know, administer uh, justice, uh, you know, when you're giving out lashes, make sure that you don't go beyond what is acceptable, you know, the 40 lashes or whatever. Mm-hmm. It seems like an awful lot. Yeah. Uh, 40 so stripes the, may, may be given him, but not more. Lest if one should go on to beat him with more stripes than these, your brother be degraded in your sight. Interesting. Very interesting. You know, just again, God just says there's a, there's a point where... Punishment becomes cruelty, and don't don't go over, over it. And uh, and then it's going to go. It's going to end with the blessings and the curses. Mm-hmm. If you do this, you'll be blessed, and if you don't, you'll be cursed. And it's interesting, Brooks, how f- the curses are a lot bigger than the blessings. It's <laughs> a, it's like it's like three quarters of a chapter of blessings and curses seem to run on. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
But remember, this is this is kind of like a covenant. Um, Deuteronomy is is uh, unfolds like a covenant. Like if you do these things, you will be blessed. If you don't do these things, you'll be cursed. And then in Christ Jesus, we see that he did do all those things so that he and we are blessed. Mm -hmm. And he took those who didn't do these things, you and me, and he became the curse so that we receive the blessing. I mean, it is so beautiful. You read the end of Deuteronomy and think, oh, golly, if God's people do this, they'll get this. And if they don't, they get that. And then we realize, well, really, that points to Jesus who does secure it for us and absorbs the wrath for us as well. And uh, it's really good stuff. Mm -hmm. And kind of in 29, starting out, and Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, you have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and those great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. Mm. And just like they've, they've seen all the, they've literally seen all these wonderful things. Yeah. They've been delivered out of Egypt yeah. from slavery and yet they, they are still knuckleheads. They're still knuckleheads. <laughs> they are. And how you think, how did you miss it? But they didn't have the Holy Spirit the way we do. Um, but it's still, we're still knuckleheads. Yes, we are. And then and, and, and the only thing I want to throw out with chapter 33, it says the eternal God is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. And that's that's something that as a young boy, when I was in the hospital getting my tonsils out and terrified to stay in the <laughs> hospital by myself, my mom quoted that verse and it brought me such peace. It was one of the times I knew that God was real, that I don't know, somehow just hearing the eternal God is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. I don't know why a little kid... I don't know how old I was. I don't know how that brought me comfort. Cause I don't know how much I understood of it. Um, but it's I'm gonna I'm gonna do today a graveside, and I'm gonna quote that. Mm -hmm. So it's a uh, the refuge in Christ. It's so so good. And we've wrapped up Deuteronomy, um, death of Moses, and now uh, we'll pick back up with Joshua and Joshua. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. It's starting in a new section of the Old Testament, mm -hmm. the historical books. So we've gotten, yeah, we've gotten through the Pentateuch. We are we are through the Pentateuch. And we're going through the we've, Gospel. We're through of one. We're through one Gospel. We're through the Pentateuch. And Romans is big. Mm -hmm. Some big stuff. Oh we're, yeah. We're, we're not quite halfway through the Psalms, but. We'll get there. Yep. So we're, again, we're we're probably about a weekish behind on the on the uh, schedule here. Uh, starting with April first next week, so we'll do April first through sixth or seventh, okay. most likely next week. All right. Well, thanks for keeping us on track. No, oh yeah. Why I had you. <laughs> Someone had to get married. And get behind. <laughs> a little honeymoon. You see, you were you were living out Deuteronomy twenty four. Exactly. You know? Yeah. We're we're in the keys, and maybe the Bible wasn't brought. And <laughs> we're we're outside hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> you love it so uh, it's awesome all right um so brooksy i think you know we had so many things going on for holy week at king's chapel and now it's kind of like the biggest thing is we have a, a work day coming up with mm -hmm. the sharing center um that's a week from saturday i believe mm -hmm. the and, 22nd uh, i think something like that thank you very much that's a good date to have i don't have it in front of me. <laughs> um and, uh, you know, we have a Walk for Life coming up. So that's going to be big. Another one of our uh, ministry partners. So that's a couple of great opportunities to be a good neighbor. A great opportunity to care for those who, to, you know, as God is a father, the fatherless and a defender of widows, we got to make sure we do our part in his name. And so... Uh, represent him so that's a couple of great opportunities right mm -hmm. there did you get a chance to catch your breath yesterday after uh, or two days ago now i guess after holy week and easter and everything a, a bit you know in, in the master's sunday yes <laughs> so uh um 
But it's been great because we've been chasing grandkids. So uh, <laughs> there yeah, you it's go. a different kind of ch- losing <laughs> your breath, but it's awesome. Love it. Well, it was a great Holy Week, uh, and we'll see you guys next Sunday. All right, blessings, We've got some Brooks, good events coming up. We do. See you soon.